Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so thrilled that you are here today. But before we get started, if you've listened before, you know I have a favor to ask. So wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I would love if you would post it on your social media Tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway for from this episode. For the newbies, the reason why I do that is because it's really my mission for all of my platforms, for people to recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there's hope on the other side of that and that there's God in the middle of that. And so the more times these episodes get shared, the more people that we can reach to accomplish that mission. So thank you in advance for that. All right, so before we get started with the interview, I am going to read my guest's bio and then we will get into what I'm sure is going to be a great conversation. My guest today has more than 20 years of experience in ministry and leading prayer, and is also the acting executive director of Publishing for Salem Author Services, a division of Salem Media Group. As a passionate historian of the church and revival, he has benefited from the writings and stories of many great intercessors of the church, including some of his own ancestors. He and his wife, Tracy, live in Central Florida. I want to welcome to the show, Don Newman. Hi, Shana. Thank you so much for inviting me and letting me be part of uh, what you do. I think it's awesome. I'm thrilled. So we're going to get into a little bit of your story and what you've gone through. And we're going to talk a little bit probably about your stuff and your organization. But before we do that, I want to just give a little bit of context for our conversation, because we're going to be talking about a God shift. And my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater realms of possibility. And I believe that God uses these disruptions, these unexpected circumstances in order to get our attention, because once he has our attention, I think then and only then can he really invite us into what it is that he has planned for us. So I would love if you could share a time with us that you've actually had to overcome some form of disruption to get where you are today. Wow. That's a great description. Thank you. I wrote it myself. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, my very first book I wrote was called, the title of it's Respond Up. And what I'm going to share with you really led to that. Um, I'll make the story short. My wife and I had uh, gone to another state. We live in Florida. We'd gone to Texas to help plant a church. And we sold our house, uh, moved half our family, left our two daughters back in Florida to finish high school and college took our son with us. I mean, man, we're following God. We're going mm-hmm. to Texas. We're going to be part of a really big church and uh, it's just going to be awesome. And and, when it, and we got there and it was really, really a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, man, I thought we were going to be here for the longest time. 
And uh, about 18 months in, doesn't seem like a very long time, but it, it feels like it was a long time. Uh, the Lord started talking to me about planting a church. Mm. And um, I thought, well, we're going to plant a church one day. We're going to do this one day. And uh, instead of it being, you know, uh, right away, we'll do it five years down the road. Uh, but a series of disruptions occurred to where uh, we parted ways with the church we were at. Uh, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just the pastor there didn't feel that, uh, you know, I want to plant churches, you know, uh, you need to go do it. And so here I go out into thin air um, to uh, step out. And, you know, I'm calling my wife and telling my wife, we got to get back to Florida where our family's at. We got to figure out what we're going to do. But I don't have a job now. We don't have an income. We don't have the ability to figure out how we're going to move furniture. I mean, I could take an hour and tell you all the things that you could just imagine. Um, but the disruptive moment came when uh, I had gone to the church office to say goodbye to the pastor. He was a good friend of mine. It, it, I mean, it was a, you know, it was just one of those partings that was difficult. Uh, basically, picked up my last thing, said goodbye, hugged everybody, and I'm headed down the road to the house to try and figure out how I'm going to get back to Florida and all the things I got to figure out. And uh, while I'm sitting at the stop sign, a landscape truck just behind me, the guy's texting doesn't stop, just plows into the rear end of my car. I hit the car in front of me and I go down into the ditch and my car is totaled. I got glass all over me. I wasn't hurt. Uh, thank God. But I'm sitting there in the middle of that and I'm thinking, how much worse can this get? Yeah. Which How is a question worth? that I try so hard not to ask because it can always be worse. No, it's like, I, I remember just sitting there thinking, okay, this is bad and it's getting worse. And now the thing that entered, entered my mind, okay, this is like when Elijah, they put water on the wood. It's just, we're just going to make it harder. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I heard the Lord speak in my heart, choose your attitude wisely because you remember it the rest of your life. Yeah. And I knew that meant that I was supposed to choose joy, which seems crazy in that moment. But what I did is I used to be a state trooper before I became a pastor. So I kind of shifted into state trooper mode and jumped out and started helping the people, the other people, the guy that hit me, you know, and uh car was totaled. We don't have a vehicle. How are we even going to get home? And it started this journey that um, literally, uh, God put me in a position. I, you know, I say that many times, you know, your 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 door into your destiny is not a front door, it's a back door. Yeah. And it has to move you sometimes around. And it's like a Joseph experience where why is this happening to me? And it's a hang on, trust me type experience. And I had no idea that that was the beginning. Very difficult process, but but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. God took care of us and uh, moved in such a way that the stories, the miraculous stories that that happened, and, I, and I'll be glad to tell you just one or two if you'd like to hear it, but it was like, how in the world are we surviving and how in the world are we progressing? But uh, I would say to people after this, because we eventually came back to Florida, planted a church, 
that led to me getting in publishing. And now 15 years later, I'm doing all kinds of things and I can see the bridges of how God needed to get me out, to get me here, to get me here. But I would tell people, I said, I feel like I get washed off the island every once in a while, but if I will hang on, he'll wash me up on a better island. Yeah. So when you gave that description, I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've got a disruption. Yeah. You know, there is um, a major lesson in that that I believe is so important. I, like yourself, probably, I get interviewed a lot. I've actually been in probably 500. I've been interviewed probably 500 times. Wow. And, um, all of them were related to what I'm doing with a God shift, but just in terms of media in general. But my conversation about a God shift, I often get asked, you know, when a person finds themselves in the middle of a God shift, how do they respond? Like, what should they do to make sure that they actually get through the journey in the way that God intends that they do? And there's a number of lessons that I typically share, but the number one lesson that I share is something that you said. Um, It very rarely, if ever, makes sense in your current context, Mm. but you still have to make the choice to take steps forward, even if those steps are laced with uncertainty. And I often give the scripture, Psalm 119 and 105, because it says that his word will be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He's only going to light this that we're on. And every time we take a step, we are in the path. But so many of us, if we don't have a light into the distance and understand, especially like you said, this is the second time today that I've heard someone say, when the Lord asked me to go, I was going to nothing or seemingly. I had no job. I had no transportation. I had nothing but instructions. And so that's very difficult for people to do. And so before we move further in the story and really talk about what you learned I want to just skip forward to something that I usually ask closer to the end is if someone is listening to this and they know that God is giving them an instruction that makes no sense, they have no idea the how, which put a pin there, the how is none of your business, but where do they find the strength to move forward when it doesn't seem like there's anything that they can see? It doesn't seem like there's any provision. It doesn't seem like there's any clear instruction. And much like yourself, they have responsibilities. They have family members that are depending on them. How can they find that strength to move forward when those steps are not lit? Yeah, for me, 100% the voice of God. And when I say the voice of God, obviously, I'm not talking about the audio, you know, the the audible voice of God, like Charlton Heston are talking. I'm talking about that inner knowing uh, of his Holy Spirit or through his word. And, and just that still small voice, one of the things that one of the moments in the journey, he had told me that he wanted me to pray that I would bless him, that he would bless me in a particular job that I had gotten. And that's all he said. And as I went back to him, because respond up that book, what it meant was instead of reacting, respond, but don't just respond, respond up. God, what do you want me to do? I mean, like I really would tell anybody that's going through something, whatever you have to do to get that little voice of God, that that little thing he says to you that you just know there's a peace there. Yeah. And and there's a there's a lot we could go into to talk about. Well, how do you determine that? But what's happened, Shana, is I have learned to trust what he has said. 
over time. And now it, it's, it's so trustworthy, even if it doesn't make sense. I was in one part of my journey, I was going to be a pastor. I just got ordained. This is years before all of this. And I had studied and I was a state trooper still. And the Lord told me in my journey to lay down my ministry license and just go be a good state trooper. Wow. Opposite. Yeah. Opposite of what I wanted to hear and what I thought I'd hear. But as I worked it out, he kept, that's what he said. I learned through there, and it's a long story. It's in that book, but it it's like, oh, my word, what a setup. He knew what he was doing. And so it, it's almost like this. Don't be so afraid of making a mistake because when you have, you know, David, when he went to the battle, when he went to face Goliath, if you'll notice, he took his staff with him. Why would you carry a staff that you can't beat a giant with that staff? Yeah. And People don't realize is that in the Old Testament in those days, a staff was almost like a journal is to us today. Carve mm. things in that staff. So what do you think was probably carved in that staff? A dead bear, a dead lion. He was keeping in front of him his history. In fact, when he says, is there not a cause, that original word in Hebrews is not cause. It's his, one of the words is history. So he's saying, is there not a history? So guess what I've been doing? I've been walking through these challenges in my life that we all go through, but I'm carrying that history with me. He got me through that car wreck. He got me home. He blessed me in this job. He provided when we didn't have anything. And so that's what I would encourage your listeners to do is is to hone in on that still small voice of God through his word and through his presence and, and, and keep a record of it. Journal, keep, keep, keep some way of knowing, okay, look what God did and guess what? Pass it to your children. Yeah. Tell your children these stories. And you know what I love about what you're saying, and I hope the listeners catch the simplicity of this, because that's one of the things that keeps us the most stuck is when we don't feel like we know what to do. And what I love about what you said, and for me, this distills it down to its most simplest form and should make it easy to do. You said the only thing that you need to know is what he said. Yes. We don't need to know what to do specifically step by step. The only thing you need to know is what he said. And he's not a man that he should lie, number one. His word never returns to him void, number two. So if you are just confident in knowing what he said, then you can trust that 100% guaranteed that the provision is going to be there the next step is going to be there. The resources, the people, whatever you need will be there as long as you know what it is that he said. And I love that almost better than anything I've ever heard anybody say in 115 episodes, because I think that just makes it so simple. There's a, it's a real easy path. Do you know what he said? Well, then that's the only thing you have to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, what it comes down to is, yes, I get it sometimes. Well, am I sure? Do I need to talk to somebody? Yes. God can bring wisdom and there are different things like that. But when you know that you know, and if you'll hang on, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, let patience have its perfect work. Well, I just look back, Shana, and I go, man, my faith is not based in my parents' stories, although they helped. It's based in the experience. I, had, I came to know him. Yeah. It's almost like call, he says something to us, what he says, and that is the doorway to coming to know him in intimacy. Yeah. And if we'll hang on, Guess what? 
we will have a testimony and that testimony will speak to us when we face when we face the giant when we face the next battle uh because i know what he did here and i know that what he's able to do and i know what he's saying now and that is faith yes so. oh my god that's so good so i want to ask a question before we go to break when you look back over the disruption in your life, and I know that that's not the only one because disruptions are on repeat. We all <laughs> have more than one <laughs> multiples, right? Like God is yeah. a master of disruption. Absolutely. Um, but if we weren't pursuing the wrong place in so many ways, if we weren't putting so much energy into the path that he didn't have planned for us, he wouldn't have to disrupt us so often. So it says more about us than it does him. But oh, I digress. I would love to know during the course of this disruption, specifically the one that you spoke about, what would you say that you learned about yourself during that process? Because often peep time, when I ask people what they learned, of course, they say things like they learned to trust God more and all those things are valuable. But I would love to hear what is it that you actually learned about yourself during that process? Well, probably the biggest self-discovery um, was that I did not know him at the depths of where he was taking me. Mm. So it wasn't a bad thing. There's absolutely no condemnation in that. No, but it's good to know because then you can think, okay, well then what do I need? What are the things that I need to do to know him better? Absolutely. So it's almost like it's not a condemnation. This is not a, a a club that we're trying to reach a rank. It's the fact that he had me on a journey and the whole purpose, what's the whole purpose of all of this? I mean, you know, the kingdom of God and, you know, it, it's it's his family, his eternal family, and it's for us to know him, you know. And so I, my discovery was I had a great upbringing and where I was at was wonderful. But do I know him better now? And do I know who I am in Christ now a lot better? That's probably the biggest change. Because now I understand that I'm not just, you know, you know, I'm not just somebody, hey, I got saved. I got a new eternal destination to go to. That's wonderful. And if that's all it was, that's better than any deal I can think of. But no, he actually shifted me into that. I'm a I'm a son. I'm I, I am part of his kingdom. And so now. I look and I understand that I'm just not a number that just got grace. And again, I'd be so thankful that was it. But I'm actually somebody he's very interested in because I'm his child. Yes. All of a sudden, my identity started to change. So the, the revelation to me, you know, I think we need to focus less on behavior modification, more on identity revelation. Mm. But how do you find identity revelation? Because, you know, um, no, Samson didn't know he was strong till he needed the strength. <laughs> when he needed the strength, then he realized he was strong. Well, guess what? We can't really realize who we are in Christ until some of these disruptions. And we they're up they're invitations to discover who we are, you know? Yeah. I often say disruption is a divine invitation. Yeah, that's cool. That's a great saying. I so agree. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some more tips of how our listeners can begin to put some of these things together in their lives. And then we're going to talk more about some of the things that you have to offer. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, 
you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right, all right. So we've talked a lot about a God shift. We've talked a lot about why God uses those disruptions. And, you know, one of the things that I didn't say in the beginning is that, or maybe I did, but I'll repeat it if I didn't, is that when God uses a disruption in our lives, his sole purpose is for it to be a tool that moves us forward. But since many of us have not really been taught how to appropriately respond when God allows things to happen in our lives, rather than it becoming a tool to move us forward, it actually becomes the thing that keeps us stuck. And so if someone is listening to this episode right now and they want to know how they can better respond to their God shift moments, what is something that you could give them that they could start doing right away so that they know that they can actually move forward and shift their lives more positively? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, the first thing is develop that devotional life of talking to God. And you don't have to sound King James. You can talk just like I'm talking right now. And, uh, you know, and and many times I'll talk out loud when I'm in the car. Uh, You know, I'll I'll, I'll just talk. I treat him like he's real because he is real. Yeah. But develop that personal time. And uh, you can see behind me up here, if you can see my books, I've been journaling since 1987. I have 54 journals. And I've written all kinds of stuff in those journals. And some of them was me thinking I'm hearing God, but it was me. But that was okay because it was in the process of time. I learned to hear his voice and I learned to say, that was God. That's God. And so the first thing I'd say was develop that. The other thing. It sounds like if you don't do that, you can't go back to the simple formula of just know what he said, because if you don't understand his character, then it'll be very difficult for you to be able to discern whether or not you're hearing his voice. Yeah, that is probably, that is the most important thing. You know, my sheep hear my voice. You know, how can we follow without hearing his voice? So know this, and I'll say this to somebody who's listening right now, God wants to talk to you. He is talking to you. In fact, many times, Shana, somebody will say to me, you spent four hours in prayer the other day. I can only pray for 15 minutes and I'm out of words. And I said, that's because you're not letting him talk. Yeah, that's because prayer is a two-way conversation, not exactly. a monologue. Exactly, and, <laughs> and he loves to talk. So I tell people, I love teaching people how to hear God's voice, and I tell them, get over making a mistake. Get over, I'm afraid I might write something. No, no, no. You need to want to hear and have this conversation. And as you develop it, just like you know, you moms, you know your child's voice. Yeah. And it's not so much in the sound. It can be the sound, but it's the character. They would not okay. say that. That's not who they are. And guess what? You will find yourself knowing, I feel this prompting. And, and I'm hearing this again and again, and I'm checking with the Lord. I've heard it three times. And so I would say the very most important thing is develop that simple knowing. Uh, and know this, that you know when I say I hear God's voice, I don't hear another man's voice in me. Uh, I believe he speaks into our spirit. So we actually hear our voice from our spirit speak to us. So many times it can sound like you, but the content is different. And uh, and he can speak through all kinds of things. He can speak through dreams. He can speak through people we trust. And you just start to learn to collect this and trust this. And guess what? 
after years of doing it, you've learned that he is there guiding you. Jeremiah 33, 3 is absolutely true that call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And so that's God's phone number. I like to say that is his phone number, but we can have that relationship and you can have that relationship. That's so good. That That is some, I'm telling you, this is far not one of the best interviews I've ever had. And I don't say that to everybody. You can go back and listen if you don't well, believe. I'm, in, I'm, I'm absolutely enjoying it. The second thing I would say, and I don't know why I feel led to say this, because uh, there's so many things people ask me, how do you respond? And, uh, you know, in the book, I talk about, I, I tie my life to Joseph and I didn't go through what Joseph went through. No comparison on the level, but you know, Joseph, one of the things he did is, you know, no matter where he was at, he, he did a good job. He, he, he kept pursuing God and God's vision. And, and one of the reasons that he, did not stay in the past is somewhere in the process of that he forgave. Mm. You know, he said, y'all didn't, you know, you may have meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. So back to my story, I originally told, I didn't have any bad. I could have been like this person caused this, this one let me down. This person disappointed me, but instead choose your attitude wisely. Cause you'll remember it the rest of your life. And with that, I just kind of swam out of any opportunity to hold unforgiveness or bitterness. And you know what I found? I found that all the things that opened to me opened to me because I responded to him saying, come this way instead of staying in my past. So there's so many different things, but it all comes from hearing his voice. Oh, that's so good. So before we get ready to wrap up, I happen to know that you have authored several books. Could you please tell us about your most recent one? Yes, my most recent one that I just absolutely thrilled about is called Praying for Rain, uh, R-E-I-G-N. And uh, that book came out of just God saying, you need to write this book. And uh, there's so many truths in there. But the simple thing I tell people is that, you know, prayer is more about God getting our attention than us getting his. And he's inviting us. You know, people think I've got to do stuff for God, but they don't realize God doesn't want us doing things for him. He wants us doing things with him. And so prayer isn't so much what I do, it's what I do with him. It's a partnership. And and when you partner with God, being the voice on earth, uh, Miles Monroe, one of my favorite people said, you know, uh, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. And when you understand that, it's not a duty. It's the opportunity to partner with our heavenly father. And so that's why I like to say prayer is the family business. Yes. Oh, you're full of them, just like me. Everybody's like, you've got so many sayings. We're we must be related. <laughs> so before we before we go, um, how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, I want to encourage you if you go to YouTube, Coach Don Newman is my show. Uh, it's under Coach Don Newman. If you go to YouTube and you put in Coach Don Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N, you will find my YouTube show. Now, my YouTube show is called Living a Life Worth Remembering. And it's all about leaving a legacy. And I have all kinds of people I interview on the show once a month. I, you know, I try to have somebody and they're all from a faith base, but I have football players, stars, uh, country star. I mean, I've got all kinds of people, but what I'm trying to do is hear what they're doing that is living life intentionally to leave a lasting legacy. And so if you come uh, on, if you tune in or sign up, you'll see what's coming out and you'll 
be able to find out a lot about me. Perfect. And how do we get um, Praying for Rain, the book? Yeah, the best place to go is Amazon. Uh, I just, because I know everybody, if you're like me, you order from Amazon. And uh, uh, just go to Amazon. You can look up Praying for Rain, R-E-I-G-N, or look up Don Newman, Praying for Rain. You also can see the other two books I authored as well. Okay, perfect. Well, Don, thank you so much for being here. Y'all share this. This is good. I hope it has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. So share, share, share this. I hope that you guys will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.